Welcome to the Apparel Entrepreneurship Podcast. We are your hosts, Anna and Klaus Christensen, founders of Apparel Entrepreneurship, your go-to source for running and growing a successful, meaningful apparel brand. Each episode will give you hands-on tactics and practical strategies about everything apparel entrepreneurship. You'll also hear inspiring conversation with apparel industry experts and entrepreneurs about their tips and journeys in this fast-paced industry. Hi, and welcome to the 33rd podcast episode of the Apparel Entrepreneurship Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk about seven predictions and apparel business trends for 2020. We are Anna and Klaus Christiansen from Apparel Entrepreneurship, an online platform helping entrepreneurs start, run, and scale successful, meaningful, and profitable apparel brands. So as Anna said, we're going to look at the future today. We're going to look at our predictions for 2020 and the trends that we see are coming. We work with hundreds of brands through our membership program, our one-on-one consulting, and through our design agency, Anna Christiansen Design Agency. Actually, this whole episode is inspired by a one-on-one coaching call that we had last week with a guy called Jared. Hi, Jared, if you're listening. Jared runs Warrior War. Uh, You should definitely check him out. He has, his website is yogawarriorwear.com and he has amazing performance work. And in our discussion, uh, he's question uh, at the end of our coaching call was, so what are your projections? What do you think? What do you think is happening next year? Where do you think the industry is going? And so we told him three points. But this, of course, spurred some more inspiration and some more ideas for this episode. So today we're going to cover seven predictions and apparel business trends. So in about one year, you can call us out on this one and see if we were right. (laughs) Definitely. Let's talk with the first one. And the first one is collaborations. This is huge. And why are collaborations huge? Well, because the industry is somewhat full of brands and brand new brands pop out constantly and it's i it, it's it is not a saturated market but it is a very crowded market and social media is harder uh, all the you know email marketing is harder everything all the marketing is a bit m- more difficult today than it used to be so what we're seeing works for the brands that we work with is collaborations yes many of the brands that are scaling quickly they're using collaborations wisely and it's because what you're literally doing you're leveraging each other's customer bases so instead of having only one customer base which is your own you leverage some other brand's customer base. And what we're seeing the best collaborations are with brands that have the same target audience and that do not compete with each other. So two of our members that we work with have one, for example, she has she, she has a dress brand. She beautiful, beautiful dresses. She's teamed up with a kitchen and tableware company. Fantastic. They have the same target customer and it's working amazingly. So it's just a win-win. They're not competing with each other. They're just complementing. 
And they're using this super smartly in their social media and all the pictures and everything that they send out to, of course, to each other's uh, customers. And it's made a huge impact in both businesses. We have another customer who's running a tailored menswear brand. And they have a collaboration with a whiskey brand, and that's going really well. These tailored men's where they have just the same target customer as the whiskey brand has. And you guys know about, I mean, it's classical, and you know, we should probably not mention it, but you guys know that about Supreme, and one of the reasons why they've exploded is because of their collaborations. And we're just going to mention a fraction of them because they collaborated with, I don't know how many, like 50 brands or whatever. It was one, some, some are like Nike, Vans, North Face, Oakley, Louis Vuitton, Budweiser, Playboy, Comme des Garçons, Clarks, Rolex, Brooks Brothers, and even Michael Jackson. And it's huge because you not only leverage uh, both brands' customer bases, but what you're doing, you're introducing your brand to potentially new customers. So it's it's just genius. And we've got Acne and Fjellraven from Sweden. It was also a hit, beautiful collaboration. You've got Carhartt and APC. They're working on a work work capsule collection. There's tons and tons of collaborations that we can talk about. And yes, so this is what we're seeing is probably going to increase. And if you're smart, you should definitely Definitely check out other brands and products, not necessarily in your own segment, but other segment, other areas that you can collaborate with. Absolutely. So this is the first prediction for 2020 collaborations. And the second prediction is own your marketing. And what do we mean by this? Well, you cannot rely only on one single platform. Your business will be way too fragile. And uh, we know a person from our community who relied on Instagram. She had 250,000 followers, and that's where her majority of business was. And she happened to use a picture, to post a picture that she did not have the rights to, even though she said who it was from, what the designer was. Well, the photographer hadn't okayed this. And all of a sudden, her 250K followers and customers were gone. So you cannot rely. You don't know what the algorithm is. You cannot rely because it's not your platform. We have also seen this with other brands who've been relying heavily on Instagram and then the algorithm changed and everything changed for them as well, business-wise, since they're not getting all the sales. So what we've seen is still working and what we think are going to work even better in 2020, that's email. Then you're in full control of them unless they opt out. And if they opt out, it's just a good thing because then they're not interested in your stuff anyways. But the thing with email is that you control exactly what you say, when you send it out, how often you communicate. There's no middle hands. There's no one else that controls your output, your your communication with your end consumer. Yeah, there's no algorithm deciding that only 5% is going to get the email. No, it's completely dependent on you and the way you communicate and what you say. And of course, if you only sell, 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 like hard sell in your emails, people are going to opt out. They're not going to want to, to receive your emails. But if you give them value, if you teach, if you educate, and if you make it fun, if you make them too long for your emails, of course, they're going to they're gonna open it and they're going to look forward to receiving your emails. So it's on you. And if you don't know how to, you know, do this properly, you have to read up on it and make sure you are creating emails that people actually want to open. 
And when we're talking about owning your own marketing, it's about creating your own community. Community has always been strong, and it's going to be even stronger. It's about you can create your own audience. You can shift into private groups and niche groups, closed communities. This is all about relationship marketing and building trust. And that's, again, where email marketing comes in because... You control your community completely. We also see Facebook groups being, but like tight closed groups being more popular, people creating their own chats on their website. So trying to close communities to make it even stronger. And also kind of be your own media house. We think brands need to actually become their own media house where they control the storytelling and how the message is sent and more get away from influencers and move towards stories from their customers and team members. Because your customers and your team members are the influencers. You are the influencers. Instead of relying on other, you know, maybe super expensive influencers that might sometimes do stupid stuff. Yeah, you don't know what they're doing. (laughs) You can't control them. Because we've heard those stories as well. Trust us. It's But if you're your team and you and your brand and your customers, those stories you can control. And it's stories that connect with people. And also when we talk about owning your marketing here, when it comes to marketing in 2020, you really need to be creative because people, they're getting more and more used to this, especially the younger generation. We talked about this in the episode where we talked about Generation Z. I mean, they are getting immune. They know it's just think about it yourself. Do you really read all the ads on Instagram and Facebook or do you just scroll away? You're kind of getting used to that this is an ad, so you don't even even pay attention to it. Traditional marketing won't fly. You have to change it up. And again, it's up to you to make it fun, to make it creative, and to do something that people want to come back to. And you can't just use the same exact message on all social media platforms and all different sales channels. It just, it just doesn't work. You have to target your message on the different platforms and in the different channels to your exact audience, to the different age groups and your demographics. And here again, you should really focus on the platforms that your target customers are using the most. And then you can, you don't oh. need to spend that much time on the other ones. No, you can, you can literally just ditch the ones that you don't, that you don't know much about, that you feel yourself, that, well, our customers are not there. Of course, if you have a f- huge team of like 20, 30 people in your marketing team, then of course, it's g- a good way to be seen and then it's good to be on all the platforms. Platforms. But if you have a small team, really put all your efforts and energy on the platforms where you know for sure that your target customer hangs out. And the good thing with all these platforms is that you can get stats. So after a while, you will see pretty clearly what's working for you and what's not. And another thing we're seeing marketing-wise that people move more towards is that you have to humanize your brand. People do not like the big corporation jargons anymore. They do not like that talk. They do not like the visuals. People want to see you. People want to feel that it's a person behind the brand. There's a human there somewhere. There's a face. Maybe it's your face or your team's face. And they just want to know that it's authentic and 
it's honest. They want to see fun behind the scenes. They want to know the process and the journey. And people can't connect and they can't relate to stiff like corporate crap talk. No one, I mean, it's not, again, people are getting immune to that. It's not what connects, it's not what brings the customers in. And it's definitely not what people are, are staying and coming back for. Apparel entrepreneurship is such a valuable asset to any clothing brand. Anne and Klaus both have a wealth of experience from setting up their own brands, which means that the advice based on these experiences is realistic and actionable. The membership program provides useful resources to help brands learn about the elements required for running a clothing line and the tools and templates offered here are extremely valuable as they are hard to find elsewhere. Charlie Pollard, United States. What apparel entrepreneurship has created with a membership is long overdue in this industry. The experience and the content you create out of it is a very high value, not only for new startups, but also for existing brands to better understand the full picture. It provides a nice guidance and source of help for those who do not have the relevant network yet to get proper information from. Simone Meyer, Germany. Do you work really hard on your apparel brand? You listen to all the fashion experts and do all the tricks and strategies, but are just not seeing the results that you want. Or are you lost as where to start? Does it seem overwhelming with a lot to learn and are you yearning for your community of people who understand your vision of running an apparel brand? Hi, I'm Anna, and if you answered yes to any of those questions, I want you to seriously consider the Apparel Entrepreneurship Membership Program. You will be joining the hundreds of entrepreneurs who have discovered their unique brand niche and have clarity and a plan to succeed with their brand. This is an experience and an opportunity for you to really take your brand to the next level, to implement our unique six-step success path that will result in purposeful designs, orders, sales, exposure, and most importantly, profitability. Let us change your life, or at least let us change your apparel brand for the better. Go to apparelentrepreneurship.com join to join the membership program now. We look forward to seeing you on the inside apparelentrepreneurship.com slash join. The third point is about uniqueness and niche and focus is going to be even more important next year. So what this could mean is, first of all, it's about your story and your message that you bring out. You need to be unique and stand out, but it's also about your collection. It might be that you focus more on your core products. You might even scale down the number of styles that you have. We see this actually with many of our clients and they're making way more progress. They're selling way more products and they're making way more money because they don't have this huge collection that the you know buyers don't know what to do with because it's just too huge and they're having troubles with the minimum order quantities they're having troubles with materials and all this stuff and now when they're niching down they're like i wish i did this like three years ago so yes because all the stuff is everywhere you have the big players having stuff for free almost it's so cheap and if you wanted to do the same and wanted to go into that and their niche sorry wanted to go into their niche and copy their stuff they are already doing that so keep to your focus and what makes you unique if it's the colors if it's the fit if it's a certain cut if it's a certain detail keep that and 
emphasize it even more and cut down on the collection, cut your tail like we like we say. If you know that 20, 30% of your collection is selling really badly, don't do not do those things. And as I said, I mean, it's a lot about focusing on what you can do with the product to make it unique. But focusing on the price, that's going to be really difficult when you have these huge giants that can just press the prices. So you have to look at other things uh, such as service that you can add to your brand. This can be about your customer care. It can be about the de- delivery or the community that you bring, you really have to think of what can make your brand unique in 2020. And the fourth point is inclusivity and diversity. And this has already happened. It's been happening for a couple of years now, but it's going to be even more important. We've talked about this in previous episodes, and we see super clearly in our apparel entrepreneurship community that inclusivity and diversity, it's not longer a good to have thing for marketing reasons. It's a must, and it's a must for all the successful business operations. It's not only about the customer and what models you use in your campaign, it's about the people you employ as well. You have to do business with all sorts of people with all sorts of backgrounds because you might, when you, when you do not, and I've seen this at companies that I've worked with, you enter markets and all of a sudden you have no idea what culture they have, what, so, yeah, you've seen this with big brands as well, with H&M and Gucci and all those brands. They entered markets or they've been in markets and they made huge mistakes. And the culture is not okay with it. And that country, so it's almost like they're banning the company. They're, they, they don't longer want to do business with you. But the borders are getting very, very thin. Social media is everywhere. People have strong voices. So you cannot ignore this. And no, it's not about, oh, now I can use black models. Let's put an Asian person in. That's just stupid. It's about much more. It's about getting yourself accustomed to other cultures, getting accustomed to other people's tone of voices and their their way of saying things and their way of doing things and embracing the whole thing instead of, yeah. So just by thinking about inclusivity and diversity when you build your team, it's going to make it so much stronger. To have people with different backgrounds and different ways of looking at things, to bring out these discussions, and then you can much more easily predict things that are going to happen when you enter different markets. So think about this and we think also it's going to be important for the brands that succeed in 2020. Yeah, I mean, one of the companies you worked for, Klaus, you guys had 40, 40 something different nationalities, right? Well, close to, yeah, 33 different nationalities, yes. And it was fantastic because the discussions you were having, so many things, you're not thinking about them because it's not on your radar because you don't know. Yeah, I know <laughs> and you so d- many things that we just hadn't thought of living in a certain environment and then when a person comes in with a different background and experience and just looking at it at a different angle and it just makes so much sense when they're saying it you just haven't seen it because it hasn't applied to you so huge huge point make sure you think about this next year and the fifth point is sustainability and yes 
We've talked about this many, 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 many times. Sustainability is going to be even more important, but now almost in another way because customers demand transparency. The fashion industry is extremely polluting and energy consuming and harmful to the environment. You guys know this. And many brands have a sustainable profile, but the customers now, they demand more. They demand a more transparent approach. They want to see what exactly it means for that specific brand and how they apply it and also that they apply it for all the all the way from idea to the afterlife of the product and of course it's about the materials it's about the packaging it's about the what happens with the product afterwards it's not only and also how you operate the business it's not only about yeah we use sustainable materials this is great now we're a sustainable brand that's not how it's gonna work and no, that's not how it's I mean you, you have to educate yourself in this area because the customer is getting more educated. So they will see through greenwashing when you just say something and bring up a simple thing about how uh, how sustainable you are, but you're really not caring about it. And especially the younger generation, they are extremely well-educated and well-spoken. And they, if they don't like it, and if you're doing shady stuff, they're going to call you out. And you don't want that. We've seen some really bad, bad things happening to some brands and coming that they contacted us and like, oh, this has happened. How, how do I deal with this situation now? How can I make it right? Well, you kind of can't. You cannot. You can't. You can't. <laughs> and here we recommend you go and listen to the fourth episode of the Apparel Entrepreneurship Podcast where we dig deeper into sustainability because there are so many aspects and things you can do. You, you don't have to do it all at once, but there are several things you can do and approach with your brand. So the sixth point is innovation. You can't play it safe. You need to be pushing forward, being brave and bold and take some risk. The industry is moving so fast and there are many copycats out there. The cycles are faster than ever. The only way to stay ahead is to stay in your lane and focus on giving value to your customers and to constantly evolve. Try new things, take some risks, innovate not only in materials and the product development area, but also in sales, in marketing, in experience and in business in general. And the last point is next year, you have to ump up seamless interactions for your customers. And what do we mean by that? Well, there needs to be action buttons. There needs, you need to guide your customers into what you want them to do. Fast action, fast buy, fast receive. They are no longer liking the wait. They do not want to scroll around. They don't want to fill out like three-page documents. They don't want that. They want quick, fast, and easy, and it should be right. So you have to make it as easy as possible for them with as few steps as possible so the customers can quickly engage, they can buy stuff, they can receive the goods from you quickly. It just needs to be as hassle-free as possible. So whatever you do, you have to automate, you have to build in the technically advanced solutions, sort them out. Put them in place because it's the customer experience that counts and that will have them come back for more. So convenience is going to be a top priority for brands that succeed. So now I'm really curious, Klaus, what's going to happen next year? How many of these these projections are going to happen? You guys, yeah. All seven, all seven. <laughs> all seven. Yeah. yeah. 
So that was our seven predictions for 2020. We started out with talking about collaborations. The second one was own your marketing. Number three was uniqueness and niche and focus. And fourth was inclusivity and diversity. Point number five was sustainability. Then we talked about innovation on point six, and we ended up with seamless interaction. And before we end this episode, we want to remind you about the tech pack templates and about the design packs, because we had a couple of questions yesterday. People didn't even know we had those in the shop. So we've got tech pack templates. We've got bill of material templates. There's vector sketches. There's tons and tons of templates that you can get right away and implement and tweak them to suit your design. They will save you tons of time, tons of money, of course, and it will make your job so much so much easier and also one good thing especially now in in the holiday season we have gift cards so if you really want those if you're wishing that you could get these things well maybe you should put on your wish list for your family and friends so they can gift you all these tech pack templates and and the ebook packages because we've got those as well in there so go take a look at apparelentrepreneurship.com forward slash shop shop <laughs> and that was it for today guys uh thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for all your comments and feedback we you have no idea how much they mean to us and your kind words and they do encourage us to to keep pushing to keep doing things to keep showing up for you guys because we know this helps and so yeah thank you so much for taking your time to listen today take care and speak to you next week bye